Playing With Power podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me is your other host, Ben. How's it going, Mike? Oh, pretty good. Had a good week. Played a little bit of uh, Rygar. Oh, finally got out of the game, huh? Didn't have any... uh, didn't have any Nintendo Power coverage to help me, but I see why it uh, why it climbed up the uh, the rankings. That's it's good. A, uh, it's a decent game. It, uh, I don't like the fact that it keeps like spamming enemies at me. It's just you know, let me clear the screen and give me a minute to rest. But sure. Well, that's the yeah, that's the one trouble with it. It doesn't remember if you've uh, killed any enemies. So if you turn. Right, and then immediately left, they'll just keep spamming them to the edges of the screen, basically. Uh, That's the only problem with that system. So how are you this week? I got a chance to uh, try out our cover game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And I also tried uh, GoGo13. Ah, the spy uh, game. Tell me, did it it live up to our expectations? It it did and it didn't. Um, It it had... um, so it's kind of like a a, a sleuth uh, game where you're kind of um, you're a spy and you're trying to write your name. So you're in Moscow and uh, there's sort of three different game modes. Um, you're kind of walking down the street and you go into different subways and literally the subway is either there's someone in it and they tell you some information or there's nobody in it and you just exit out, right? And then as you're walking down the street. That's when you're like looking at GoGo13, and uh, it's a side-scrolling sort of shoot- shooter, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, and this is the key mechanic that was like just absolutely frustrating, is that the bad guys. Um, so everyone on the street looks like pretty much the same. They're like these guys in green suits, right? Except you don't know which ones are bad guys and will shoot at you, and which ones won't. <laughs> so that's fine. You just shoot all of them. If they don't, they don't die. Then they're you know a good person. Okay, it's like uh, medieval you got, times. You got you those. Know. You got those special agent good guy bullets. Yeah, it's like testing for a witch back in the uh, Middle Ages. You know. <laughs> yeah, you just throw a rock at their head, and if it, and if they bleed, then they're human, and if it bounces off them, then they're a witch. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, but the problem is when you encounter a bad guy in the side-scrolling mechanism. They will squat down and fire at you, which is, you know, that's smart, right? For To sort of get down low and center your gravity. So you're like, oh, okay, well, I got to squat down and shoot back, right? So if you press down, you'll squat. But as soon as you hit the fire button, he stands at the shoot. So <laughs> you essentially have to wait for them to stop shooting you in order to shoot them. <laughs> oh my god. Because you have to wait for them to stand up in order to shoot them. Such a good concept, and yet broken yeah it's just like it, it's really? a co- it's a cover game without the ability to take cover yeah it's like he couldn't allow me to squat and shoot like the bad guy or have them to stand shooting to make it even no i gotta i gotta kind of try to jump over these bullets this is why we had to wait 25 <laughs> years for gears of war because it <laughs> finally took that long to master the art of covering squatting right. and shooting so it, it, it was yeah. a long, hard sloth, but we finally made it, brother. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you have limited amount of bullets. You have limited life. Um, so you're you're kind of going through, and every time you you make a kill, you get like more bullets and more life, kind of thing. So you you you're not like screwed by this mechanic necessarily. It's just very annoying. 
Um, and there's two other game modes, and the other game modes are very good, actually. One of them is um, like a sniper-type mode where you have a, a, a reticle. What's it called? You know. Yeah, the crosshairs. Crosshairs, thank you. And um, you're scanning around for assassins that are shooting at you, and you can you can shoot down helicopters that are coming at you, and it's a full 360-degree experience. Uh, that's pretty cool. And then there's also a side-scrolling, um, a, like a plane shooter type mode, where you're you're on like a en route to to some destination, and you have to shoot down things, kind of like a life force, that kind of game. Um, so, anyways, I was going through it; it was going just fine, and um, you know, being told by characters, "Oh, you got to go to this station, you got to go to that station," and um, so I made it all the way to the right at the beginning of the game where you're outside walking and whatnot and it kind of just ends and you're like okay where do I go next I guess go back and hit one of the other stations right so okay, try yeah, to look- do that and um, hit you know hit all the bad guys on the way there get back to the very beginning of the game go inside the train station there and the game just locks up like I can't leave the train station there's no one to talk to <laughs> I'm just like smashing all the buttons and that's when I gave up <laughs> uh, so uh, that's a uh, so GoGo thirteen. You failed in your mission. Yeah, I mean, it's a really nice concept, but maybe, it's, maybe, it's got maybe, some problems. Maybe it was a mission impossible. I o. <laughs> okay, so this issue we are covering issue three, November mm-hmm. slash December of nineteen eighty eight. Now, the game on the cover is. A pair of empty, oh, rock, empty fr- rocket boots on a uh, cra- on a track field, and uh, the message here is: Have we learned nothing from Wiley Coyote? Rocket shoes are just a fast track to failure. Well, I just want to make one uh, note of housekeeping. Um, we got feedback on the show, Ooh. and thank you to people that have partially listened to the show at least. Um, <laughs> And the feedback was they'd like to be able to follow along with us in reading these issues. So as a convenience to you, we provided a link to the the last scan of the issue in advance. So if you go onto our Facebook page right now, you'll find a scan of the front cover and a link to where the scan of the entire issue is. Yep. And uh, if you wanted to follow along, but you don't have to. Yep. And for the next issue... Uh about uh, about less than a week in advance, we'll put up uh, the next issue so you can catch up and, you know, read along with us and follow us on the journey if you so desire. Or you can rely on our succinct declarative narrative. That's to, right. I'll try to describe images to paint, that come up. To paint a picture for you. Correct. We'll be like Bob Ross, like, here's a happy little game graphic right here. <laughs> And, yeah. if you, and if you add a little Mario jumping up, you can see him hitting that mushroom block, and, and he's just an industrious little plumber, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, back to the back to the cover. Anything and, to get anything to get past my obvious PTSD. <laughs> We've got uh, the cover game is Track and Field Two, which is a sports game, and uh, like like you said, Mike, there are two tennis shoes that look like they have jetpacks on the on the back of them. <laughs> And they have and, clear, um, <laughs> they have clearly escaped their wearer. Yeah, there's no feet in them, so they're kind of running on a track by themselves. <laughs> they look awesome. I want a pair. I tell you, 
This looks like it came from. Uh, that this should have been part of another another competing set in Back to the Future Part Two. You know. Oh, yeah, oh you had the self lazing ones. Whatever. I've got jetpacks on the back of mine, McFly. That, yeah, that's how, yeah, that's how Mc, that's how Biff should have caught up with Marty on the skateboard. Right. He tried to beat his ancestor in the fifties, and but this time, like Griff, he's got the, uh, you know, he's got the upper hand. He's got the, he's got that bully money, so now you can afford the high class kicks. He's got those rocket shoes. Yeah. All the little all, right. ki- all the little kids with their nitrous powered kicks. You better run, mm-hmm. better run faster than my gun. Well, I mean, the net cover is pretty cool, but I honestly don't know what it has to do with track and field too, because it's not in the future. It's just like standard Olympic games. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not like sci-fi Olympics, space and field. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it would be it would be nice to combine sports with sci-fi, just so that you could lure in some of the uh, the sci-fi nerd, uh, the you know the Star Trek type people. Right. I mean, like when you saw Trick him into that, playing a sports game. Yeah, if you could see like Kirk flying around with his anti gravity belt doing like space basketball or. <laughs> sure. That would be good. Now, uh, uh, about the cover game mentioned, I don't really have much to say about the game since I didn't want to play any of them. I'm not a big sports guy. But what I did find comment worthy was the artwork in this. Mm. So. Uh, in the uh, for the fencing, yeah, there's 15 world class events and 15 world class artworks. The uh, <laughs> the fencing one shows one guy standing while having like one arm by his side and one arm standing like posed upwards like victory, while the other guy is kneeling in front of him, looking like he's trying to like f- like poke him in the dick. Lovely at, at best. It, uh, it it basically looks like the end of uh, Return of the Jedi when Luke Skywalker finally overcomes Vader. Mm. And uh, I wasn't worrying. Know, he, that, I wasn't he, aware that uh, <laughs> Luke Skywalker and or Vader were trying to poke each other in the dick. <laughs> well, you know, Luke had a lot of daddy issues to work out. Apparently. And uh, you know that that's the best case scenario. Anything else would be a uh, that would be for the innuendo power discussion. <laughs> so, uh, anything you got to say about this fencing match before we move on to the next category? Yeah, so I, I never played track and field 2 as a kid, um, but in preparation for this issue, I did crack it open, and I played uh, several of the events along with uh, my, my two-year-old son, so uh, it was interesting. The I will say that the graphics in the game are actually pretty good, and there's a variety of games to play to play um what what was kind of uh, a little frustrating and and um help actually helpful about the issue is that most of the controls are not intuitive like you can't just jump in and figure out oh this is how this works like i think fencing was the only one that i could just figure out just from mashing buttons the rest of them it's like you have to know kind of the code and how stuff works and um literally this whole guide on track and field 2 is not just telling you about but the different um, events is also telling you how to play them. Yeah, so this um, this is the manual you desperately need that it yes. should have come with the game. So I don't know if this is a copy of the manual and you have to read that in order to actually play the game or if you think it's just, here you go, figure it on your own. You're an mm-hmm. Olympic champion. And you have to go buy the Nintendo Power uh, <laughs> issue in order to figure it out. <laughs> it's a nice little supplemental scheme. Like, it, it, it's like the first... Uh, 
it's like the first iteration it's the analog iteration of uh right. D, of dlc of pay to win mm-hmm. it's just like well you buy the game but you know you could just pay a little bit extra and you'll do a whole lot better right so <laughs> fencing itself was was fairly easy to learn and uh easy to win to be honest sure. you kind of just figure out okay one button's defense you know that puts up a block worthless the other one's offense, so you just charge at them and just mash away on, on believe, offense one. I believe the proper fencing terms are parry and thrust. Ah, yes. Well, thrust away because their defense sucks, so. <laughs> now, next is the triple jump. And it's basically, you know, you press a button to build up speed, the other button to jump. But again, I'm commenting mostly on the artwork. Now, this guy, he's obviously in mid-sprint with one of his legs bent backwards. But they could have just shown a side profile of the guy, because from the front he looks like Terry Fox if he got robbed. Who's Terry Fox? A Canadian, a Canadian uh, sprinter. Uh, okay. fam- he's a very famous Canadian icon here. He uh, lost a leg to damn it, hope it's cancer because I can't. It's the only thing I can think of. Jane Green. Yeah. <laughs> well, he lost a leg, so he ran, tried to run across the country with a prosthetic. Now, oh. he didn't get to make it all the way because complications uh, arose and he eventually died. But mm. he is, uh, his spirit of determination in the face of adversity has uh, become a role model for Canadian citizens to just, you know, power through. And, you know, if something's getting you down, see it as an opportunity to, to prove what you can overcome. He didn't, but he was still an inspiration and there's uh, statues of them all over the country. Uh, if you don't know who Terry Fox is, after the show, Wikipedia him. Wikipedia. Yeah. Yep. He's uh, a one-legged marathon runner. And, well, he had like two legs, but lost one. And, uh, yep, inspiration. A great Canadian hero. So that's what this guy looks like, except, uh, you know, if he got mugged in Vancouver or something. I see. <laughs> he's just like, he's just hopping <laughs> along the country. He looks, yeah. He just looks like he's, yeah. He looks like he's hopping along, um, but uh, yeah, praising people that are overcoming adversity can go wrong too. Like Oscar, Pistor- remember, uh, Oscar Pistorius. Uh, is that the Blade Runner guy? No, Oscar Pistorius. He's the guy that with the yeah, was that, that with that fake leg and ended up like proving you can overcome any adversity, like killing your girlfriend. Oh yeah, no, he had two <laughs> fake legs. He has blades. They call him the Blade Runner. I know he <laughs> didn't even like, he didn't even use the blades to kill her. No, oh, I know. <laughs> you think he'd be like that chick from uh, from that Samuel L. Jackson movie, The Gentleman, The Kingsman? Oh yeah, I know. You know, just much. just sharpen yep. up the blades and give her a nice Colombian necktie, and there you go. Yep. Okay. So. Next is uh, freestyle swimming. And oh, hold on! I want to give my review as the triple jump. Oh, all right. So I'll, yeah, review, I play I'll review the artwork. You review the game. <laughs> well, I only have one more after this. Is I get didn't get very far, but okay. <laughs> Uh yeah, so let's see here. Triple jump was not intuitive at all. Um You think I, you'd use the directional pad for building up your speed, right? Pressing forward? Well, it wasn't that. I got I mean it tells you you need to mash the button to go fast on the screen and you figure, okay, the other one's jump. Well first it, I figured out duh, you have to actually press B three times in order to make it anywhere. But the thing that I had to look up was that the the angle of your jump is important as well. So I figured, like, you hold it down longer, like, the farther you jump, right? No, the yep. hold it down longer, the higher you jump. 
So you want to get at exactly a 45 degree angle um, by holding down the, the B button just so and timing it perfectly in order to make it over the line. So it took a while, but I did manage to to, <clears throat> to beat it, as it were. Cool. Next is freestyle swimming. Now, uh, the artwork shows the guy in mid-stroke and obviously like taking a uh, inhaling or exhaling before getting his face back in the water. Although he kind of looks like he's got like a pained look of surprise on his face, like he just found out that there's Kandiru in the pool. <laughs> so just like, <laughs> It's Michael Phelps, and he just found out his ex-girlfriend is a transvestite. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> okay, so did you play this section? Oh, no, she's a transsexual. That's what it was, not transvestite. My bad. Uh, yeah, I did I did play uh, freestyle swimming, and I couldn't beat it. It's uh, ridiculously so, hard. Wait, so Phelps' girlfriend is or was? What, he hit, well, he, she's not his girlfriend anymore, but he dated uh, someone that was a transsexual. Oh, well, good for him, open-minded. And it was like a, well, he didn't know at the time, so he was, a, oh. I think he was embarrassed about it after the fact. Anyways, that's well, neither here nor there. Mustn't have been dating him very long if that's a surprise. I mean, you think he'd find no, out soon it was, enough. No, it was right before he went to rehab, so I... Wait, he I went don't. to wait. He went to rehab. What happened? He was I don't know, doing stuff, huh. alcohol, big time. Oh, alcohol shit! I mean, like nothing you can get disqualified for, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, nothing like that. It okay. was uh, recreational drugs, not performance enhancing. Uh, so, did you <clears throat> did you play the high dive, or did you like skip the rest of the events? Pretty much skip the rest of them. I'll let you know if I played any of them, though. <laughs> All right, next is the high dive. The uh, the artwork here is kind of okay, although uh, it makes you This reminds me of a, a Photoshop job someone did on the last Olympics. Um, and if you haven't seen this, you need to Google it. But it's um, it's divers. I think it's like Olympic divers going to the bathroom. <laughs> and like so someone took like a bunch of screen caps of like these high divers in like mid- you know, spinning around in the air, jumping down. And so, like, they're usually, typically grabbing their knees and trying to get into a small ball. <laughs> and they have these, like, cringing, uh, you know, faces, face facial expressions. <laughs> and someone photoshopped toilets under them. So it looks like, <laughs> like they're just, like, pushing out the most painful turd possible. So oh my gosh. that's what this reminds me of. Well, this one, she's got, like, bandages over one hand. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, you know, there's no symmetry in it. So I don't know if you're doing something special with that one hand or whatever. But, uh, you know, the only time diving was ever interesting to me was seeing Rodney Dangerfield do the triple Lindy in Back to School. <laughs> That's a good scene. An excellent comedy featuring a young, precocious Robert Downey Jr. That's right. I forgot that he's in that. And uh, next is the Clay Pigeon. Uh, the picture itself isn't that uh, bad, but the, the game itself seems to be like Duck Hunt without the Zapper, which reminds me of The Punisher, and uh, oh man, the Kingpin beat me so bad in that game. I was able to make it all the way up to the end, could never beat the Kingpin, but uh, I can't wait for season two of Daredevil with the Punisher in it. And uh, <laughs> next is the hammer, hammer Throw, and all I have to say is, stop, Hammer Toss! <laughs> <laughs> Although with the artwork, I have to wonder why did they choose Oliver Hardy 
to be the uh, to be the guy throwing the ball. You think they have some guy in shape, but it's like no, we're gonna have like a big guy with a Hitler stash from the nineteen twenties. We're gonna have him. Th- we're gonna have him tossing the ball. It looks like the clay pigeon guy is shooting at the hammer throw guy. He's just aiming at him. <laughs> Make your throw, hammer boy. <laughs> it's like it's like hammer ball versus gun. A, yeah. grudge, a grudge match throughout the ages. Uh, the Taekwondo art, it looks, the Asian guy doing the kick looks so effeminate. Like he's got like a limp wrist and, uh, it looks like the guy's catching his foot as he's giving him a roundhouse. And the Asian guy is like, just like, oh, so you want to, honestly, you want to play. He just looks like he's in the middle of one of those, you know, noises to, uh, extend your chi, you know? (laughs) I know, but he, but he's also got that look in his eyes like, oh. Oh, very good, Grasshopper. <laughs> and uh, next is the pole vault and canoeing and horizontal bar. No, no real comment in the artwork. It's not especially interesting. And the archery. Oh, shows... I did play the canoeing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that was the one other one other event I did try. Uh, it's not bad. It kind of plays like skate or die if you played that. Were you? So... Did you tip over, or were you able to avoid that? Um, I didn't know you don't, you don't have any, uh, danger of tipping over. The tricky part is turning. So you can't just hold down left or right to turn. You have to continuously tap it. So, and, uh, the, the area of view is so limited. You have no idea where the cones are next. So either you memorize where all the locations are, either left of you or right of you, or you're constantly just like, ma- like hammering away left and right in order to turn to try and make it in between the cones. Mm. Next is the archery, and uh, the picture is this guy holding a uh, a bow with like a scope on it and like a little tripod at the bottom and a little baton sticking out at the top. I have no idea what the hell are they what the hell do they all mean? It's a compound bow. Mm. And next is the hurdles. Now the artwork is not too bad, except for the complete except for the complete lack of a face. On the runner, who's got, who's got like black sockets where his eye should be, and a gaunt expression where his skull should be. So it looks like a zombie who could have run a little bit faster but didn't, and now he's just acting on muscle memory, trying to find his next meal. <laughs> it's a young Skeletor doing the hurdles, <laughs> prepping to be a young master of the universe before yeah. that even bastard showed up. <laughs> He just yeah he started with losing his eyes. <laughs> uh, next is the next game mentioned is the Mickey Mouse Capade. Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse are now the stars of their own video game. It's Mickey Mouse Capade. You and your favorite cartoon heroes, really favorite, can go on a wild <laughs> adventure. There are many levels. Help Mickey and Minnie find their mystery friend. Really mystery friend. Now the cover <laughs> has Pete on what seems to be Captain Hook's ship, and they're followed by the croc. Now, I don't know why they're showing Pete on the ship, when it, like Captain Hook would be the guy paired up with the croc, but I guess like they didn't want to show him working with the croc. The uh, narrative... There's no narrative mentioned in this, uh, in this issue, and the graphics aren't especially that good, although the... I actually, uh, <laughs> I don't, I actually had this game. Oh, how did it play? <laughs> it's not bad, actually. It, it's sort of challenging, um, especially without a whole lot of uh, 
uh, guidance from the game, but that's typical of games in this era. So there's a lot of like comical, cartoonish, zany things you have to avoid. You have to get a key, then you find the end. Basically, that's yeah. the that's the uh, goal yeah. of most of these levels here. And the and the coverage says like find your way through the tricky forest. Then it says spring, summer, fall, winter. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's the same level but with different color schemes. And mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't even tell you what like what number these levels are. The next pick, the next box just says sail the high seas. This guy is tougher than he looks. Go for it. You think they'd at least mention Pete? You know, he's not a new character. He's only as old as Mickey Mouse himself. You think they'd give Pete the name that he's due? Then it says, here's the last stage. Don't get lost. Fight the evil queen, which is obviously Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. So you think mm-hmm. they'd say, fight Maleficent. But, you know, <clears throat> they couldn't yeah. even bother naming the characters from their own... Uh, they well, they didn't think the market the bad guys back then, and they were just well, who cares what the bad guy is? People just want to know about Minnie and Mickey, you know. Eh. I think that's a recent thing where they're like, hold on, we can make money off of the bad guys too, you know. But now, like I enjoyed fighting Maleficent in Kingdom Hearts. I mean, like seeing her turn into that big ass dragon and I smash her with my keyblade. It's pretty fun. I enjoy Kingdom Hearts. Have you ever played it? Yeah, I dropped out after the first. Uh, 20 hours or so of gameplay it just well, yeah, I guess <laughs> me you and like japanese games like the storylines just get so out there at some point i'm just like okay i don't know what the hell's happening i'm out <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah this uh, asian games got a very special narrative to them <laughs> special is a good word for it <laughs> next, gameplay was fine yeah next is the this issue's howard and nestor now ness is feeling pretty smug bragging that he knows it all. So these two kids ask him, how do you reach the third castle in Castlevania 2? He then opens his wardrobe and dons on his Simon Belmont armor and takes them into the game with him. Now, I assume that he has the matter digitizer from Tron, (laughs) since he didn't just, like, grab a controller and then visualize them in the game. He had to get dressed up in the real world for it. So, uh... He takes out skeletons so fiercely that they scream, oh no. So, you know, he's got this. And then he hits a dead end, and the kids ask if he should ask for directions from the skeleton. I guess he let one survive. (laughs) And then everyone's favorite smug bastard, Howard, shows up to stick his nose in. And, uh, you know, someone should call the cops on this grown man hanging around kids all the time. (laughs) So he's he's here to show up Nestor and humiliate him because I guess this man has nothing better to do during the day. And he tells them they need to find the red crystal and Nest tells him that they've got it all and then he calls him a carrot head even though Howard seems to be blonde and Nestor is the guy with the red spikes on his head. Well, <laughs> Howard tries to warn him about something but then compliments Nestor calling him a real whiz. Nestor makes the number one pose. He gets swept up in a whirlwind and the kids wave goodbye. So, yep, that's the that's their, their little Castlevania two trick about you know just waiting it waiting by the uh, end and let the whirlwind mm-hmm. take you. Yeah, and at least they didn't bother telling you which page you would find it in this time. So you know mm-hmm. they were able to skip that bit of reference. Right. Uh, well, it was in the previous um, issue, so they couldn't do that. Well, it's in. Issue two, page, blah, blah, blah. I guess they could have done it, but I'm glad they didn't. Speaking of the previous issue, we get more coverage of Blaster Master. 
Right. Um, and then it shows like an overhead. It's more like sexual coverage because when you look at the overhead <laughs> shot, you see Jason with his hands between his thighs thr- <laughs> throttling his joystick. <laughs> Lovely. Isn't this kid supposed to be like ten playing with frogs? Yeah, if he's old enough to play with frogs, why is he? In, why is he in a full driving suit for an for an adult? <laughs> and uh, they keep mentioning in the narrative, like uh, you're going after these frog napping mutants. You're going after your frog buddy. They keep mentioning frog napping, like these guys, <laughs> like these guys took the frog. According to what they said before, the frog like hit some plutonium, and then he and then he got big and fell into a cavern. He did. Nobody kidnapped him. The damn oh, thing wandered yeah. off. Like they took the frog, but they left the murder tank behind. The murder tank. Yeah. No, they immediately wrote themselves into a corner with that intro because it has nothing to do with the game. So now they're just trying to trying to keep the, that dream alive of the intro. Yeah. Oh no, he's going to find his frog friend. I know, but you do what? it. But, but you do in two stages because the end bosses of two stages is a frog. Right. So. I mean, like, it's, it's, they could at least just say in a cutscene with just some words across the screen, like, they grew off of him, like Gizmo. But no, no. all you're left to believe is that you have to mercy kill your pet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's heavy. I mean, <laughs> and, and, you gotta put uh, him down as your responsibility. Yeah. And then it shows, like, for one of the uh, hazards in, like, one of the plant levels, it says, um,. One sip of plutonium, and these mutants go wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, like, like they're feeding like, them plutonium? Yeah, like they're drinking this shit? <laughs> I don't know. And they're mutants already, so they're really, they're, what, they go super wild over it? <laughs> and then, like, uh, one of the little captions is, You may wonder how thorns can stop the ultimate warrior. And all I have to say is, too soon. Okay, we, 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 lost, we lost them too soon. <laughs> And uh, now it tells you, the best part is when it tells you the power-ups you get in each stage. And for stage one, the exact words are, the hyper adds magnum force to your cannon. That's a tag. That's a tagline for a condom ad. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it shows like the end boss, uh, like, again, your your pet frog stage four and then the i guess the revived remains of your pet frog in stage seven and stage two looks like to be a a big vagina dentata that you fight like a big toothy vag lovely and then you fight like the the neon toothy vag in in stage six so you know what i want to play this game but i don't think i want to i mean there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of shit in this (laughs) It's a really good game. I do I do encourage you to play it. All right, then I'll put it on my <laughs> list against my better judgment. I'll uh, I'll play it. It's now, I mean, just ignore the storyline about it. It's just a fun game. I like the idea of having to I like the idea of making this like old yeller with a tank. <laughs> yeah, they should they should have wrapped it up. They will have to make an alternate ending for it. Takes off the helmet, wipes away wipes away a tear for old Froggy. Yeah. I'm just, or like just at the end of stage four, like when you blow away the frog, you're just like, I'm, I'm sorry, boy. We had a just good, like, we had a know, good run, didn't we? <laughs> Either that or just like play the intro backwards. Oh, look. 
<laughs> oh, look, he, he jumped out They're of the plutonium and now he's small again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, now now we're done with the game coverage, and because this was the October, November, December issue, we get a we get merchandise. Mm-hmm. Wonderful merchandise. Uh, I'm not going to describe every item we get here, but among the most notable ones are a wireless remote for the NES, which, uh, from the looks of it, you have a wireless receiver that you would put into your control deck and a wireless transmitter that you would hook up to your uh, to your controller. So mm-hmm. you would have to have this constant line of sight at right. all times. So, you know, if you have a cat or parents that don't understand technology, you've got to be on pins and needles with this thing. So it's a good gift in concept, but, you know, given the limitations, I think it'd You'd just be stressed to the gills. Yeah, you get frustrated this thing so often. I actually had this thing called the uh, it's called the Game Pack Organizer. Uh, it's just like a little box that has these slots where you can put your cartridges in it. Now, this kind of asks a good question. So, in one of the other issues we talked about, we I don't think we read the 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 mail, but um, somebody asks why. Um, the Nintendo games were called tapes. And they actually, I learned something from it because people apparently called the first Nintendo games, the physical form of them, tapes as a slang for the medium of the time, which was VHS tapes, uh, cassette tapes, etc. And so it explained, well, it's not actually a tape, it's a you know piece of memory. And it's, car- no, it's a cartridge. No, right. But Nintendo apparently calls it a game pack, P-A-K. Um, so I don't know where cartridge came from versus pack or game pack. I guess it was I've just uh, never heard used outside of Nintendo's vernacular. I guess it was just to save print. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, like not, not like saving, cart. not saving ink, but you know, type space is is limited. So because of game cart, you know, which is only one more letter. So I, I'm just wondering why they chose to go with game pack. Uh, I guess you can you say know. like power pack or pack a punch, like. I guess, yeah. Um, Next is so, oh, was there uh, was there anything else? Oh, I I wanted to go over the uh, Mega Controller. Oh, goody! So this is actually a third party controller, um, which is made by uh, Bandai. It says is it Bandai? Bandai. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's it looks just like a large version of the the NES controller, but there's with a the sc- word. Mega slapped across it. <laughs> it's covering up so much needless space. <laughs> and then this uh, little this... LCD screen in the top left. And um, LCD stands for Liquid Crystal Display. And if you've ever played some of the early LCD games prior to Nintendo or around Nintendo's release. Oh, Tiger. Um, yeah, old Tiger handheld electronic games. Um, and they also had the Game & Watch games from Nintendo where basically you could tell where there was going to be um, a character or a movement. Yeah, you could and, see the uh, silhouette in the background. You could kind of see the silhouette, and you can move move buttons to control them. The only thing I think for people nowadays to relate to it is there's a character in Super Smash Brothers, which is um, sourced directly from a Game & Watch games called... Is it Mr. Game, game & Watch, I think? Yeah. And there's a Game & Watch level... And that is a direct homage to the LCD games at the time. So, so anyways. Can you tell us what the LCD screen on this 
is for? Well, it actually, the reason why I mentioned the games, it actually contains a couple of games on it. Oh, shit. It has, uh, yeah, you have to unlock it via doing some command or whatever. But there's literally a, a label on the side of it that says Top Secret. And <laughs> it's just a really basic, like, falling game. And you have another one that's sort of like avoid the falling rocks kind of thing. So it's sort of the, <laughs> the same thing, but but two different ways of, of, of spinning it. Uh, um, so it yeah. has a little game within it. The controller itself, you have to put in four AA batteries just to run this thing, it and it's like still a, wired. It looks yeah. There's a wire going through this, so why mm-hmm. do you have to put batteries in it? Just to run the LCD screen. But oh my gosh! Now so, it says here this remembers your passcodes. How does it remember your like? What are passcodes? It's basically like uh, well, I mean, passcodes are if you don't recall for since I know you use the game save states. Um, and they didn't have, except with the exception of Zelda, they generally didn't have the ability in a, a game cartridge to to hold a, a memory or a save state within it. So what they did instead was they would generate out a um, password, um, which essentially was like a a save state, you know, but in a letter uh, number form, and it was they were always really long. Oh yeah, so, so I you get back long, to where you were. Yeah, a long string of letters that you would have to write down. Uh, the best mm-hmm. parts were the ones in Mega Man, where it was right. just like a grid of uh, facial characters, right? Or uh, so, dots. Yeah, so the Mega Controller, it essentially you can start and, and record a macro of you entering in all the values, and then you can play it back to to regurgitate it back into the into the game. How could you see a twenty six string? How could you see a 26-character string on this little thumb-sized LCD, P- oh, LCD oh, it, screen? It doesn't display it to you. It just remembers it, and then it's sort of like a start-stop kind of action. So you don't you won't see what the values are, and you don't. It's not going to record the actual password. It just records the the functions you press. So you but, press down, <laughs> A, up, B. How do you? It'll record that for you. Yeah, but you're not entering in the password. It only, it only displays it on the screen. It, that's what I'm saying. It remembers you entering it. It does not remember you. It doesn't actually save you a password. That sounds that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's promising. Really it sounds like it's promising you such convenience mm-hmm. and delivering nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So it's got other features similar to that. That's the most advanced one, and it's got like uh, some turbo buttons, but they're like really small and odd looking. Uh, not very functional. Um, <laughs> anyways, it just kind of looks bad. I would avoid the Mega Controller. It's but it's but for a young child, like this remembers your passcodes for you, so you never have to start from scratch. That sounds like such a sweet promise that you wouldn't have to like enter in like twenty six to forty eight freaking <laughs> characters. You only have to enter it in once, <laughs> then it records a macro, and then you have the. Anytime you have a new password, you have to record that new one. You know what? You can just do the same thing with a pencil and a paper. Pretty much. Oh, my gosh. You have to gosh. use four AA batteries every time either. Oh, my gosh. Uh, next is a slumber bag, and it says, What better way to dream your way through all eight worlds of Super Mario Brothers? Now, the product itself and the description isn't too notable, but at the bottom it says, Hero Industries. <laughs> so I have to wonder if this if this sleeping bag might give you your first wet dream. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, next is Nintendo Beach Towels with Super Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda. And uh, they look pretty darn badass. Like, you know, if you go to the beach and you've got this, it's like a big poster that you can dry yourself off with after a nice day at the uh, water park. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And uh, next is Nintendo Underwear. And it says, only you know why you're having a powerful day. What the, oh, what the oh, fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> um, oh. And Nintendo Pajamas. Now, this looks pretty... Th- now, this is redeeming, because it looks pretty amazing. Are you ready for the dream bout? This knockout mm. robe and boxing trunk are a surefire hit. And sure enough, it looks like a boxer's training robe and shorts. So you can live the life of Little Mac and, uh, you know, chase black people on bicycles. There you go. And the... Uh, the centerfold, it's a bit of a tease, because it's Blaster Master, but it shows the Blaster Master tank uh, swimming through water, blasting through air, and being mounted on like this green rock stuff, and firing its cannon, and racing, which is basically a still picture with blur lines. But uh, the fact that they have this model of the Sophia 3, I believe that's the name of the uh, yep. the tank, and you think that should be in the merchandise catalog because this little tank looks pretty dope. Like right. it's got the the four wheels, it's got like a nice little tank on it, some blasters in the back for speeding. Like this should have been like no, there's no information on ordering it. And I just got to say, you're a tease, Nintendo Power. <laughs> you got one yeah. awesome thing that could have been great, and now you took a bunch of pictures of an awesome model, and now I want to drive the remote control car version of it. And you're yeah. not going to let me because you never made it. Yeah, yeah bastards. <laughs> Next is role-playing games. What is an RPG? Oh, man, the thing that they had to explain it back then. <laughs> you collect items, gain experience, increase your strength, and embark on a great adventure. This is the challenge of a role-playing game. You assume the role of a character and set off on the ultimate video fantasy. RPGs are not usually high on fast action. They have tremendous depth for experiencing long playing adventures. They require patience and perseverance. In these two games presented here, there will be villains and friends, merchants and wise old men along the way. You must decide who will help you and who will not. As the story unravels, it is you who must make the decisions and solve the mysteries ahead. And the two I don't... Oh, yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> the two games featured are Ultima and Legacy of the Wizard. So I just want to say, I don't know why they had to have this explanation of what role-playing games are when they've already done Zelda coverage. It's an action game, not an RPG. It's an action RPG. Mm, well, you don't... You ne- gain you don't, hearts, well, but, you get but weapons. But it's not, it's not through combat experience, though. You have to find the hearts. An RPG, simply just attacking enough enemies will usually increase your uh, stats. But in Zelda, you have to find items like a, a platformer or an action game with power-ups. So, I still say it's you know it's a gateway uh, light, game into it's, RPGs. It's like light role playing at best, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you I'll give you something. I'm feeling generous. I'll give you something. Ah, oh, see. <laughs> uh, the first game they cover is Ultima. I never got to play this game. I guess I just was 
distracted with Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy and then like Mega Man and stuff. I never saw this, but uh the uh there's a bit of a screw up, the first of many in the uh in the in the coverage of the article because as it describes the different uh tribes and uh creatures you can uh creatures you can play with like the cleric, the fighter, the druid, the thief, the barbarian, the paladin. At the bottom of the screen, it has the alchemist and the ranger. Mm-hmm. Except the description is for the for the ranger is the ranger can use both wizard and clerical spells, and the alchemist says the ranger can use both wizard and clerical spells. So good luck, power players. We have no idea what the alchemist does <laughs> because this guy didn't realize I copied the thing right beside it. All we know is he's got blue hair and he's carrying. He looks like he's dressed like a priest, and um, <laughs> he's got he's got a bottle of some blue stuff that all the all the local right. kids are smoking. So he's so he's Walter White. Yes, and uh, <laughs> and well, he's just starting out. Oh, I see. Okay, and uh, so it's got a nice diversity of characters because usually it's just like you player one, player two, Mario or Luigi. Cody or Hagar, but you never get to, uh, like, it's got a very nice range. It's mm-hmm. uh, pretty good. You don't see a, a selection like that in too many uh, early games. But, you know, I never heard of the Ultima series until the PC, and it was mm-hmm. just, uh, I don't know, when I just tried to get into it the first time, it was just too much for me to uh, to deal with, like a little too role-playing for mm-hmm. me. And I'm a Final Fantasy fan to the core. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember ever hearing about Ultima, the game for uh, Nintendo. Um, it looks interesting. Is it a? Uh, is this a turn-based game? I uh, I'm gonna have to give this a shot actually because it looks kind of like Dragon Warrior because you've got hmm. uh, options to like talk, use magic, fight, check your status, your tools, give, get, or climb. And I always wondered, why do they have so many options when you could just use the A button to just context? You know, you're on some stairs, right. A button, stairs. Not tell me, <laughs> hey, why don't we use the stairs function? I don't know. We got all these long rectangles that seem to be descending. How about you just friggin' walk? Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of like, I mean, I love role-playing games, but, you know, give me a, give me a little bit of credit here. Sure. And, uh... One of the item, one of the uh, captions says, "Always carry enough food," but it's got, it's got. Warrior a, needs food. It says, oh, wait, a different game. Yeah, yeah, the better game. It says, <laughs> "Always carry enough food," but the picture for food says Lupin Ho One Fifty Fo One Sixty One. Now, this is either a baffling game where you eat words, or it's another clerical error. By the editors. See what I did there? <laughs> Hi-o. <laughs> and uh, the next game is Legacy of the Wizard. And it features, again, a large cast of characters that you can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play Loyus, a master of the dra- a master of the Dragon Slayer. He has practiced for years to take on the evil enemy. Lai, Loyus' sister, has great, ability, great agility and can jump long distances. So, again, Princess Peach. You know, women can levitate. Next is Zen. Lolius' father is powerful. With his glove, he can move some blocks. 
That's, uh, I guess he's like Toad. You gotta, like, pick up stuff. Lois's mother can fly through the air when she has the right items. So you have two Princess Peaches in this game. And then you got some other characters, but the last one is called Pochi, and he looks like Kirby with eyes. <laughs> he's a little freaky. I actually, now that I see the screenshot of this, this is ringing some bells for me. I think I had a friend who had this game. Um, I don't remember much about it, um, but um, it, it, it was interesting to watch for sure. So maybe worth checking out. And uh, now we're in the counselor's corner. Uh, for this one, it's got a whole page, most of a page, most of two pages dedicated to Metal Gear. And uh, the only thing worth mentioning here was it says you have to beat uh, some enemies called like the Strong Twin Arnolds. And I was just like, Twin Arnolds. Like, why wasn't there a Metal Gear movie in the 80s? Schwarzenegger and Schwarzenegger as the twin Arnolds. Come on. Oh, man. That reminds me, I just tried to watch Terminator Genesis. And uh, it's got, like, CGI Arnold versus, like, partially aged Arnold versus, like, much older Arnold. And you're like, "Uh, I don't know which Arnold's which or who to root for. I want Arnold to win, but some of them are bad, some of them are good. I don't know. Uh. It's next, very confusing. Next is, how do I defeat the Flying Fortress? And apparently you do it by throwing grenades at it without your shirt. Ugh. That rainbow game is awful. Ugh. And uh, <clears throat> Double Dragon. Now hold on. Before you get there, I want to cover this portion. And I don't know if you're planning to or not. The agents? But, um, oh, yeah. I'm going to get to them. I've already compiled a <laughs> dossier on them. I just want to get... I want to get through the game. Uh, right, I want to get enough. through the games first, and then we'll pick on the agents. I have got. <laughs> I think you and I may be on the same track with some of these cats. <laughs> okay, let's see it. Let's okay, keep going. Next is Double Dragon. Uh, how do I defeat Willy? Uh, I don't know. Call the IRS. <laughs> it worked. It worked back then. That reminds me. So, <laughs> I I used to live in uh, England. And I was in a movie theater when the uh, trailer for Free Willy came out. And if you don't remember, Free Willy was a game, was a story. It was a movie about uh, a boy, and a his boy saving a whale. And uh, so they don't show the title until the end, right? And Willy, of course, in England means penis. So <laughs> it's at the end of the it's at the end of the trailer, you know, and it's all moving. You're like, oh, it sounds like such an uplifting story. And then it just comes over and it's like Free Willy. <laughs> And like the whole theater just busts out laughing. <laughs> it was like, oh, you think they would have done their market research and changed the name for there must have been, English There must have been a lot of harumphing in, in the. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gauntlet. The, uh, the question for Gauntlet is how do I continue? I don't know, hit the save button? Oh, wait, you got a whole shitty password to do. <laughs> and your mega controller ain't going to help you. Nope. And uh, now we get to see, we get to meet our agents who we can call for the answers or, uh, you know, some of the people who are supplying some of Shouldn't the... Shouldn't they be uh, called counselors? This is counselor's corner. Yeah. And it, it says agents, it says specialists, I guess pros. I guess they're Pick also a name like, for them. Yeah, well, you know, you got your, <laughs> uh, you got to, the pros from uh, classified information. Those are also agents. Although they don't, those numbers don't seem to match, which I think the numbers are just bullshit. You think they just yeah. say like 
you know, from Agent Terry. And then you'd know, like, oh, yeah, Terry, he's the guy that, uh, you know. But yeah. uh, if you, like, I urge you to watch, to uh, download this uh, issue and check out <laughs> just We may need just to post the, some of the pictures of some of, these fe- some of these people. Yeah, we can do that, too. Uh, Agent 510 is Jody Sage. Who, uh, you know, typical 80s cutie, like, uh, you know, feathered hair, uh, a denim jacket, and uh, her uh, favorite NES game is Gauntlet, and she's cute. Next is Agent 139, Steve Pennington, who basically looks like Jody's dad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he, he also looks like Agent Coulson with a dad stash. And his hobbies are video games, duh, weightlifting, and personal growth. <laughs> Ugh, and Agent 684. Ugh, this guy, like, he's got like the he's got like the white, the white shirt with a with a pink tie, some shades, and he's pulling them down, giving that creepy pedophile stare. I'm like, pretty sure he has a has a perv stash too. Oh no, the perv stash. Uh, I don't know if it's a stash or not. The uh, yeah, he's the got shade. a per stash for sure. Oh, he's not the only one. He's uh, there's another one coming up, but uh, he he's he looks like a car salesman, revealing a smile that you just want to punch him in. Yeah, and, that or someone with a van who pulls up to the uh, <laughs> playground. Oh no, that that, that treatment goes. Ask kids; they want free candy. No, no, that that guy's coming up. That guy's coming up. Great. <laughs> uh, Agent One Ten is just like this cute black girl uh, named Sharon Kirksey. Uh, her favorite game is Metroid, and she's pretty unremarkable. Kind of looks a bit like Lisa from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, that's right. Actually, and, she does. Uh, next is Agent Twenty Eight, Jack McLean. Clearly, the disappointing brother of John McLean. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> John's and, disappointment of an older brother. <laughs> no, he's like, yeah, yeah. Living in the shadow of his younger brother John his entire life. Why can't you, why can't you rescue your why can't you rescue people like Nakatomi Plaza? I don't know because I don't like walking around getting glass in my feet. I mean, like I can walk I fine, like, but uh, John's still limping. Yeah. I like scuba diving and uh, <laughs> skydiving and bodybuilding. Who do you think? Who do you think taught him that Yippee line? He got it from me, but nobody ever gives him credit. Nobody ever gives me credit. And next is Agent uh, Two Hundred and Sixty, Zach Morris. I mean, Garen Galloway, and he's holding his game stack on his shoulder like a hunter draping a deer home for the kill. Mm-hmm. And uh, next is Agent Fifteen, Rob Linegang, a uh, guy with a pink shirt, a winning smile, and a power mullet. Oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, like, this guy... It's like he, a cat crawled onto his head and died. <laughs> it's fantastic. Now, it belongs I don't, in a hairband. Now, one of these things, the pink shirt or the mullet, is the source of his powers. But, uh, good luck finding out which. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Agent 317, Jeff Mahaffey. Oh uh, my god. Huge glasses... Slick back brown hair and a mustache that just says the missing children are in my basement. Yeah, no, this you, guy you, isn't you just, just uh, you just have to keep digging. <laughs> yeah, this guy isn't just a Jared Fogle. This guy's a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, like you think when he left the house, he'd be like, "Okay, I look, I look like I'm the reason there's kids on the milk carton. I've got to shave this stash and change my hair." 
And under his hobbies, he put sleep as one of them. <laughs> sleep. Oh my gosh, I think we found the stoner in the group. Lovely. <laughs> Next is great. Now, now we're in classified information. Now, the first game mentioned gets its whole. The first game in this issue gets its whole spread. Two full pages, Gradius. And of course, in here is the genesis of the Konami code. And interestingly enough, it was subverted in Gradius 3, where, in, where using it when paused will destroy your ship instead, unless you modify some of the uh, shoulder buttons. Another uh, tip mentioned here is collecting power-ups and waiting to get the seventh power-up when the thousandth digit, that's the fourth number from the right in your score, is zero. And you thought getting the fireworks in Mario was a hassle? <laughs> Try doing it while dodging a laser storm. And if it's a five, then you'll get a points bonus. And the last page is warping around. And guess what the key to uh, warping to advanced levels is? The thousandth digit again. You know, at least they didn't try to confuse us with the hundredth or the tenth or a single digit to get different effects. And uh, the next game mentioned is Saycross, where you can double your points by re-rescuing the guy you rescue. Guess how many each, each one is worth? A thousand! It's a number! Hooray. It's alive in the 80s and haunting us! Ikari Warriors 2 Victory Road. How <laughs> to get through any defeat? Why, simple. ABBA, it is the way, the truth, and the light. <laughs> Deadly Towers. Take a uh, chance on me. <laughs> now, Deadly Towers, when you die, you get a password. And if you replace the first two characters with F-E, you will return with golden armor and max hit points. Now, that's how you come back more powerful than one can ever imagine, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Isn't uh, Deadly Tower supposed to be like one of the worst Nintendo games of all time? Uh, Akari Warriors is. Deadly no, Towers? Deadly Towers is supposed to be. I remember the nerd did a whole thing on it. Well, if you get this golden armor, it should be easier. I mean, like, it's the. It should oh, be, for sure. Unless the game is, like, horribly broken and you yeah, still is it, it's Yeah, is like it playable, though? All the <laughs> armor in the world can't save you from not being able to go through this hole in the screen. Uh. Next, it, yeah, like, I was just thinking, like, like when Obi-Wan said, if you strike me down, I'll be more powerful, you think after Vader decapitated him that he didn't just take that bathrobe and use it as a, uh, just use it after his next shower? You know, like, just be, like, more powerful, my ass. Lovely. Of course, I guess he only had, like, one, I guess he only had a couple of hours to do that, because then the Death Star got blown up, so... He only had a few hours to savor his victory. Well, uh, it was already brown, so it could have had multiple uses. Plus, he's been living in a cave for years with that robe, so you know, I, I you know, I can imagine it would smell a pretty crusty. bad. I can imagine it would smell pretty bad. But Vader had like his entire body scorched inside and out, so his his uh, nose is probably not working. So it's probably it's, it's probably not a problem for him. Next is Super Mario Brothers. The verified, legitimate, minus one world, where you break the second and third brick at the end of World 1-2, phase through the pipe in the wall, and then when you enter the warp zone, you can enter any pipe at the middle, and your reward for all this is drowning to death. Your now, reward is drowning to death. 
<laughs> you tell, uh, next for more merchandise are Nestor's secret weapons, the Ness Advantage and the Ness Max. I wanted these so bad, but I had a broke family at the time, mm. so all I could do was like stare longingly at the turbo controllers and the slow function. But I love that it has a list of top five games where each controller works best, just so you know <laughs> what's needed. More it's, shit uh, to buy. <laughs> <laughs> or at least letting you know, like, if you've got these games, which one will help you best, which is right. you know, actually one of the most helpful things. So if you want the joystick that comes with the, uh, the NES Advantage, that's best used for uh, games where uh, diagonal things help. Like uh, right. Wizards and Warriors, Legendary Wings, Metroid, Top Gun, and Double Dragon, Slow Mo for Metroid, Gunsmoke, Star Force, Contra, and Stinger. Now, can you tell me how the Slow Mo works? Yeah. So the uh, Slow Mo on the Nes Advantage. Nes Advantage is the is the one that has the joystick and the big uh, buttons, like an arcade machine. It's a very. It looks exactly like. Um, the styling looks like a Nintendo entertainment system, but uh, it's made to, to feel and look like an arcade machine, so it's kind of the combination of the two. Getting people who might have played at the, <clears throat> at the arcade to play their arcade games at home. Uh, and um, and they have a... What's that? And I love the adjustment for the turbo, mm-hmm. just so you can be like, well, like it, just in case you get stun-locked by shooting too many things at the same time, you can get yourself just like mm-hmm. you can just tweak the knobs a bit and just get right. like a uh, just like a double blast if a triple is too much for you, and uh, it's pretty pretty uh, pretty good. It comes in handy with a lot of games. Yeah, so the uh, it's got a nice uh, knob for adjusting your turbo for either A or B, <laughs> and the slow motion it just um, spams the uh, pause button. So that's fine with games that don't have a menu that you can kind of just pause through. But if your game has a menu, like for example Zelda, then you're kind of you're kind of screwed. It doesn't work. <laughs> does it? So. Does it just keep popping this? Like, does it? Uh, in your research, did it say if it keeps popping the screen, or if it just realized, oh, there's a menu, I'm just gonna like not work at all? No, it's not that smart. It would just pop, keep popping the menu, so you figure that out in the middle of the game. Like, <laughs> okay, this isn't working at all. Uh, but like for Mario games, well, it would just be annoying since. You can't really uh, use the slow-mo too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it says like the, the turbo is appropriate for shooting games like Blaster Master, uh, Star Force, Legend of Zelda. I used that turbo function on my DS. I was just like spamming my laser sword, and uh, it got me through a lot. Uh, also, Double Dragon and Gradius, obviously. And uh, it's a pretty helpful article if you're the kind of kid that can only afford one controller. This lets you know where the uh, where it goes. So I actually had the uh, <coughs> Nes Max, the uh, not the Advantage, but the Nes Max on the right here. Um, so I'll kind of describe it a little bit briefly. So it has two turbo buttons in addition to B and A. The turbo buttons were very useful. Especially for games like uh, you know Mega Man or something like that, where you're constantly shooting at something, and uh, but the, but the it, it calls it an advantage here, um, but I found it to be a disadvantage personally. Instead of a regular D-pad, a four-directional D-pad, it's got this thing they call, they're calling a cycloid, which is uh, a nice way of saying it's like a circle, 
Um, so the it has like an outer ring, which is essentially just a giant D-pad. And then the inner uh, circle area, it's sort of like this uh, plastic disc that kind of moves around. It doesn't come out. It just kind of moves around the inside. Oh, like the, uh, it, like the analog button for the uh, 3DS. Uh, I haven't played the 3DS. I'm not sure. But, uh, it's got like a little button you can swirl around for uh, for directional movement. Yeah, it's it's a little odd. Um, just it doesn't because you still have to press down. It's not like you can just move it into one area Ooh. and it works. So you're still pressing down just like you would in a D pad, oh. except you're having to move this disc as well. Oh, that pressure! Or you kind of or you kind of mash both like the side of the disc and the and the innards at the same time, which is what you probably end up doing even though it's a bigger area. Um, it's just not a good tactile feeling. It makes it more difficult to play a lot of these games. Sounds like, uh, sounds like, the, adva- sounds like the advantage truly is an advantage. <laughs> yeah, the advantage is definitely better. You just have to be used to using your fingers instead of your thumbs to push the buttons because they're so large. And uh, the next game covered here is Antissa. <laughs> I'm sorry, with a name like that, I just had to do the Tim Curry Wait voice. for it. I just had to do the Tim Curry voice. Nice. A little Rocky Horror. You'll get to play with anticipation. Lovely. And uh, the game is essentially win, lose, or draw, with coincidentally worse drawing in the artwork than in the game. <laughs> the uh in the cover it shows a boy who looks like Raggedy Andy in drag who is somehow not Raggedy Ann We're like drag looks like a hamster like squ- squirreling away uh food <laughs> for the winter in their cheeks like like Draggedy Ann with a hand that lurching on someone else's shoulder that looks he's like not even he like couldn't rest- even open a beer can he's not even resting his hand on her shoulder it's like resting his knuckles on her shoulder it's Awful. And this woman, I'm assuming that it's his mother, but it looks like Miss Grundy with a wig made by a Play-Doh Fun Factory. And on the opposite is a girl I can only assume is her nerdy daughter because she also has her spaghetti hair, but also anime glasses that reveal no eyes but swirly hypno lines. And uh, strangely enough, with all this awful artwork, there's a black girl here who is not racistly drawn or weird to look at so you know good for him (laughs) and uh the various drawings that uh the way anticipation is played is you have to uh anticipate you have to it's so was this a so this is a board game converted into a video game is that right yeah it's like win loser draw you have to like roll this dice go around uh and then you the computer will start drawing something and you have to uh spell out at the bottom what it is as it's being uh, connected. Now, if you have any form of uh, cognitive awareness, you can just tell from the dots before they start getting connected what you're looking at. Now, some of the uh, some of the p- things here look like a uh, a bomb, a playing card, a thermometer, a lug nut, music note, frowny face, and joystick, and a bat, which is the most impressive one here. And they mm-hmm. all look like they're done on an etch a sketch. Yeah, they look bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bad. Not and a it, good medium to show drawings. 
No, and uh, next is Blades of Steel, which seems to feature uh, eight different teams skating for the cup. And it's <laughs> obvious that this is the NHL because it's got the New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, Montreal, Toronto, Edmonton, and Vancouver teams, and just a little uh, a mention of Minnesota, rest in peace. It uh, The artwork here doesn't seem to show any of the teams, though. So it's like they, they, can't, copy, they, can't, they can't copyright a city so you can mention them. That's why mm-hmm. they're not telling you, like, it's the Philadelphia Flyers or the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's just Toronto and Edmonton. So it's just like the, the clearest case of just skirting licensing issues. <laughs> and the artwork here looks like the uh, – it looks like the margins in – it looks like the margins of Mad Magazine. Right. Yeah, the artwork for this for this article is not very good. So I actually – I had Blades of Stool, Steel as a kid. <laughs> Blades of Stool. <laughs> Blades of Stool. <laughs> Not a pleasant experience. That would not, be... a, not a fun game to play either. <laughs> That's fantastic. Doctor bleeds when I poop. Well, stop swallowing razor blades. Lovely. Blades of Steel is a really fun game and probably my favorite hockey game of all you gotta, time. You gotta stop leaving those brown streaks on the rink. It's the stool blades. Lovely. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> So, anyways, um, it's it's interesting trying to play an entire team with a a Nintendo controller, which has obviously the D-pad up, down, left, right, and then you have B and A. Um, A is shoot, I believe, and B is pass. So, you're only controlling one player at a time in general, except for when you're by the goalie. So that sort of becomes interesting because you're playing the you're kind of directing the goalie and a, a, a hockey player at the same time. So you're kind of doing double duty of trying to protect your goal and move your goal in the right position, and you're trying to control um, a player in order to get the puck away from your opponent. Um, so it makes it really fun to play against someone else. Cause it's, it's sort of like a weird, oh, I'm trying to do this thing at the same time, and, and um, you can break out into fights, which is fun. <laughs> so if you smash into someone a few times... Um, it'll cut over to this like fighting game scene, and um, that's that's entertaining. And there is actually, uh, I think it actually has a screenshot in here. There's a secret in this game where if you um, score a certain type of points, I, I don't know the exact um, metrics for this, but in the halftime, and it's showing that the scores. Uh, it actually lets you play a little mini game on the billboard of the arena, and it's kind of like a Gradius or a Life Force game, <laughs> um, which I always found uh, it was like, oh, I got the I got the mini game, you know, and you play it until like the minute or whatever time runs out before the next half of the game starts. So that was a nice little Easter egg that was put into the game. A nice consolation if you couldn't do it right, would uh, you have to drive the Zamboni? <laughs> uh, the next game Cobra Command finally we get to fight G.I. Joe but uh, this is the for eight years the allies have battled their way through the war without victory so they can't be talking about World War II because you know there's helicopters mm-hmm. but uh, 
Interestingly enough, it's a helicopter game, but not like an overhead bulletstorm game like 1942 or uh, so many arcade games. Oh, I remember this it's game. A it's a side-scroller mm-hmm. where you evacuate soldiers with pickups, and uh, you get to use missiles to blow open bunkers, but you don't land and storm the bunker. You you enter with the helicopter because you don't leave your baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, outlining this article is a set of hands holding the pages, which <laughs> is just, you know, unnecessary. But uh, the game looks like it's something that uh, should be played. I, I have played this now that I, I, I'm looking at it. It, yeah, you rescue. It's it's kind of like Jackal, where you go around and rescue soldiers, except it's obviously side scrolling and you're in a helicopter instead of a jeep. <clears throat> um, and it's it's kind of hard, um, honestly. It's fairly easy to get your your helicopter blown up, um, so it's a challenge. But uh, it's it's a decent concept and a decent game. And uh, next game covered is Racket Attack. It's a sports game. And uh, I've really got nothing to say about it. How about you? Tennis scheme. <laughs> I like how you just genericize, like, uh, blah, 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 sports. It's, <laughs> Sporty it's sports. It's a tennis nope. game. Yeah, I never played Racket Attack, nor nor would I really go out of my way to play it. Uh, it could be good. It could be bad. I don't know. If you like tennis and you like old school games, who knows? Yeah, next is the video shorts. I still don't know why it's called that. But uh, essentially, it's just showing you, like, upcoming games. Uh, The first is Bubble Bobble. And I could read the whole thing, but it's just a whole bunch of, like, Bub and Bob, Brontosaurus buddies, blow big bubbles at bad beasties belonging to Bug-Eyed Baron Von Blubba. Bubbles blast the beasties a bits, and the beasties become churches, and the boys advance. It's basically alliteration. It's fun! Read that ten times fast. I'm not even going to read it once slow. (laughs) Next is Paperboy. This was one of my first NES games, period, that I got mm-hmm. to play. I didn't get to own the game, but, oh, man, I, like, my, when my friend got a Nintendo, this was, like, one of the games he got with it, and damn, it was fun. Uh, you play Paperboy? Yeah, but I had it for, I think, the Game Boy and not the Nintendo. Oh. But it was always uh, tr- difficult trying to chuck uh, newspapers directly into a mailbox. That was like the challenge. Is like, okay, I could chuck the mail. I could chuck the newspaper at the through the window or garage or hit the old lady or the dog or whatever. But trying to get the mailbox was how you actually like earned more like newspapers or something. Yeah, you got to get you got to earn subscriptions. That's right. Uh, next is Ghostbusters. Now, it shows how much attention they put towards the movie by calling the tower at the end of the game the Zool building, which, uh, you know, I don't have a uh, fantastic memory, but I do know that <laughs> that uh, that Dana didn't say, by the way, Mr. Vankman, I'm in the Zool building. <laughs> I, I believe yeah. there was another name for her building. God, and, this game, uh, what a shit game that was. Ghostbusters, I, and it looks terrible. So, it looks so misleading with the fact that you can like crawl up the stairs of the building and uh, meet Gozer the Gozerian and fight the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. If that was like, uh, did you ever play the uh, the new Ghostbusters game? Oh no, I don't think so. Do it. It's it, like uh, 360 or uh, 
PlayStation 3 or whatever. Oh, okay. Whatever game you can. It is the Ghostbusters game we always should have got. It is a true sequel to the movie. Okay. And uh, you get to control the power, the blasters. It is so much funner than this game. And you fight the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. He's the first boss of the game. But it's like it, it doesn't make it any less challenging. I and, played the uh, demo when yeah, it was before it came out, yeah, and it was it was interesting. You get to snuff the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man as he's climbing the building, and you you get to blast him and like just set him on fire, and he just gets more pissed off and mm-hmm. comes after you faster. And it's just like a nice, wonderful game, and you get to uh, power up your proton packs with different uh, frequencies to fight different types of ghosts. What hmm. much better than whatever this piece of crap is. <laughs> Uh, next is Tecmo Baseball and Pebble Beach Sports Don't Care. Next, Doctor Chaos. Now, sadly, this isn't sadly this isn't a game about Butter's alter ego, <laughs> but about experimenting with the space time continuum to create warp zones. You know what? Just call Mario. <laughs> Tecmo Bowl next. Platoon. Four stages, and in the last one, you find a traitor in your midst. You know what, maybe I should just see the movie and skip the game. Uh, Next is Mylon's Secret Castle. A really unlikely looking hero dressed like a boy in Victorian pajamas. Or a court jester. But, uh, (laughs) you know what the hell, I'll give it a try. And for Packwatch, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. One tragic drink in a classic horror film is transformed into a great video game by Bandai. Kindly, Dr. Jekyll becomes the diabolic Mr. Hyde to his and your unending frustration. Well, at least there, at least there was some honesty in that last part. Up front about it. Yeah, you know what? You're going to hate this game. Yep. Uh, WrestleMania. A great, uh, great logo of the Hulk ripping his shirt off. Mm-hmm. Also featuring Bam Bam Bigelow, Honky Tonk Man, who doesn't look like Hank Williams Jr. at all. Andre the Giant, but he's not here to offer you a peanut. Ooh, yeah, wild man in the ring, Mr. Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm -hmm. And rounding out the set is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. And uh, all I have to say is who, 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 dead, dead, who, and dead. Oh, I know all those guys. I've actually seen uh, Honky Tonk Man in person. (laughs) Oh, do tell. (laughs) It was at a, uh, I was a big, I got into watching wrestling in high school after playing WCW versus NWO World Tour for the N64 as a lark during uh, Christmas uh, vacation with some of my cousins. And I just got addicted to it. I was like, all right, I got to check this thing out. And I got really kind of uh, focused on Kevin Nash as the wrestler from uh, the NWO, you know, the bad boys of the WCW. The New World Order. uh, so he had a local signing in town, so I went there to go like get his autograph, and like it was kind of like in the sports bar, and they had set up a ring and everything, and uh, there was Honky Tonk Man there to get his ass whooped by uh, Kevin Nash <laughs> for uh, you know a, a two minute round or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know. You know, in this uh, in this video, in this pixelated <clears throat> picture, he looks like a uh, like a Victorian industrialist. He's got like that hair and that chubby face, like a, a man who's well fed. He's supposed to be like a Elvis ripoff, I think. 
maybe El- maybe a fat Elvis oh, yeah. in this picture. And the next game mentioned is Hollywood Squares, but no celebrities mentioned. And underneath it's, it mentions the upcoming Power Pad. And on it is this stiff-looking kid that looks like a that looks like a house of wax figurine. And next, yeah, he looks uh, awkward. Uh, another upcoming game is Skate or Die. Die, 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 die. He keeps saying that. <laughs> and uh, Skate Day is awesome. And then Cal- you skipped California games. That's a pretty fun game. It's uh, sports, so you can talk about it. So is Skate or Die technically. Yeah, but Skate or Die at least had the talking in the intro. And it's got an interesting mm. precursor to The Simpsons with a yellow-skinned guy in the uh, screenshot. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I, who knows? Maybe They're uh, all like that in that may- game. I think it's just the color palette they had available to them. Maybe Matt Groening played this game, and he's just like, shit, you know what? Pink, pink paint is expensive. The yellow stuff is cheap. It works for yep. these guys. And uh, next is Spy vs. Spy. Spy, 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 spy! Lovely. <laughs> so, the, the thing, is that two different spies, Spy vs. Spy games? It looks like it. There's uh, Spy vs. Spy and there's Spy vs. Spy The Island Keeper. I never heard of The Island Keeper. I, I, just I never heard of The Island would, Keeper either. I just assumed that this would be like two, two games in one. Yeah, because it says future releases, Spy vs. Spy, Mad Island. So, it, hmm. shit, there must have been a whole series of these things coming out. Interesting. I, I never even got to play one. Uh, the next issue is Captain Nintendo. This issue, the origin of Captain Nintendo, the birth of the mother brain, and the beginning of The Promise. I began reading this, and it's not really that entertaining. It's got like some pictures, and if they made a comic out of it, I probably would have read it, but it's essentially it's just fan fiction. But uh, was it written by Howard Phillips? Really? Was it? <laughs> I'm asking. Uh, and Captain Nintendo then donned his shitty bow tie <laughs> and went into a Howard and Nestor comet to give Nestor shit. <laughs> and his name was Howard Phillips. Uh, Captain it, Nintendo. Uh. It just mentions uh, stuff, and it doesn't say at the beginning who wrote it or at the end. But at the end, beyond the to be continued, is win, 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 a giant holiday giveaway with over 600 winners. And the grand prize, pretty friggin' sweet, is a trip for four to Disneyland. Woo! And a bunch of mediocre prizes like Rampage. It's not a bad game, I guess. Uh, Blaster Master, Cobra Command, Mario Brothers 2, Zelda, The Ness Advantage. You know, these are all some pretty sweet giveaways. And all you got to do is fill in the the player poll. Mm -hmm. And uh, now for the big diversion. Uh, I I was reading the Ness Journal. And the first thing they mentioned is Amazing Greats. And they mention, imagine what it must be like from Mario or Samus's perspective to navigate these pipes or futuristic corridors. Well, you might get a better understanding if you venture out to Woos. Woos is a 12-acre amusement park in Vacaville, California, whose main attraction is the opportunity to navigate three life-size mazes of varying difficulty. The mazes cover an entire acre of about 40,000 square feet. 
Now, I was just so f blown away by the fact that they had like a big park dedicated to mazes. I had to read up on this. Okay. Now it says, Maze Adventures can take a break from the labyrinths to power up at the family restaurants, barbecue picnic, or the video arcade. They may also find treasure at the gift shop or awesome graphics at the garden. This is in the Nintendo article. It says, Woo stands for Wild and Original Objects with Zoom. Like Nintendo, <laughs> it has its origins in Japan. Sun Creative Systems owns Woo's and three of the 120 maze parks already in Japan. So, you know, those Japs love their mazes. And 120 maze parks? Yes, and this company owns three of them. Do we even have, like, one? Except for, like, the occasional corn maze? <laughs> um, you know, we must have some mazes here in Canada. I just never looked for them. Hmm. I guess I'll have to go online for that. But uh says they may develop as many as 60 acres of mazes in the u.s now um i had to go off i had to leave the magazine just to find out what happened to this paradise on earth and uh it's a it's a, it's a tragic tale oh here's the article i found the woos wild original object zoom was a small amusement park in vacaville some years ago that featured a large maze as its attraction the woos rates right up there with daihatsu as proof that japanese business sense isn't totally infallible no shit. Japanese <laughs> labyrinths were all the rage in Japan, and some Japanese inventors bought some real estate in Vacaville next to a fledgling development of factory outlet stores, which was nice. built from the outset to become the largest retail center for factory outlets in the world, and it still is. <laughs> so the Woos never stood a chance. The Woos figured people would be coming from other states to shop in Vacaville and get lost in this fantastic maze, so they even built a large hotel on a plot of land sitting between the Woos and the stores. Traffic at the initial weekend of the Woos' grand opening was strong within a month. Word of mouth had spread that it was incredibly boring. The, the, the Woos tried to get first comers to come back by changing the maze every couple of weeks, but no one was buying it. Now, Aww. Now, the guy, writing this, the guy writing this article said, My family went once, and we solved the maze in about 20 minutes. It became multi-trip boring for those without any love of human mazes, and within a year, every large metropolitan area had at least one cluster of factory stores. Even in Northern California, outlet centers sprouted up in Folsom, Anderson, Napa, St. Helena, and Petaluma. Most of the businesses at the hotel was from passers-by looking for something just nicer than the Motel 6. Hmm. And and it wasn't even there for the muse, amusement park. It was there for the, the, the other outlets as well. And occasionally right. some of them would wander into the maze. And even then, the hotel was never more than 20% booked. Ouch. <laughs> like, talk about Deadsville. The investors saw the writing on the wall and sold out. A new local investment group took over and tried to diversify the site's appeal by adding a pizza restaurant, a nicer California cuisine restaurant, and a large video game arcade, miniature golf, and little indie car track. I went to the for a family I went to the fancy restaurant with my family once. I don't remember it all being all that great, but even this never caught on. Vacaville began building an auto mall adjacent to the area in which the Dodge dealership became a full-fledged five-star megastore and regional sales leader. Momentum for the auto mall took off and the new owners saw fit to sell their lot to a local car dealer. 
The Wu sat vacant for a few years in the interim, and it became a hangout for the daringest Vacaville youth, who sometimes called it their who called it their town lack of thrill, since it runs with Vacaville. <laughs> it was basically the cool place to go to drink, do drugs, and have sex. One <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, how about you? How about you take Courtney to the Wu's and navigate her labyrinth? Lovely. One kid that grew up with the tradition of trespassing at the Woos tells me the cops would sometimes come in and chase them around the maze, and since it never changed configuration in such a long time, the kids would always outsmart the cops. The, <laughs> the, Woos, now, the Woos is now Toyota of Vacaville. Now, cool. I would have been done, but some of the, I, a handful of the comments were just too good to not include as a postscript to this. Woos. I'm not going to give names or dates... <laughs> But here's just some of the comments. I had my first homosexual experience at the Woos. <laughs> it was at the Z Tower. I love that place. Oh, so this guy Tower power. This guy confirmed the sex thing. Another one said, when the Woos first opened up, they did not have any emergency exits for patrons suffering from heat strokes, panic attacks, claustrophobia, and you had to solve the puzzle in order to get out. <laughs> Exits were added after two Sacramento school teachers got lost inside the woos for over six hours, turned into basket cases, and had to be rescued. <laughs> now, this other guy's family made it through in 20 minutes, and that right. was disappointing. So you, you got to wonder, these people got to be real shitheads to get stuck for six <laughs> hours. You know what? Just stay, just keep going left. You'll make it out in 20 minutes. And <laughs> uh, says... Uh, Another one said, we also like the fact that they changed the maze configurations to make it more interesting for repeat visits. Unlike the regular woos, the super woos was set up with doors that would lock the passage behind you so there was no going back and you were stuck with your choice. If I remember correctly, you had to go through the regular woos in under so many minutes to qualify for the super woos. And if you solved them, and if you solved it all the way through minute-wise, they would send you on an all-expenses a trip to Diz to Japan to the Worldwide Maze Competition. Hmm. Now, another comment uh, puts a nice little cap on the woos. What happened to the building itself? I was there the day it burned down. The Vacaville Fire Department were actually the ones doing the burning. <laughs> Boy, you know you're fucked when the, when the fire department's there to torch you. Yeah, pretty much. I heard that it was the final exercise performed there after the county bought the property. They were staging search and rescue drills in the hallways for weeks prior to that. I went and watched it burned after following the black smoke column all the way from Winters on my motorcycle. <laughs> so there's a place in California called Winters? Uh, apparently. I mean, Who like, it, it, that's, like that, that's like the town from Earthbound. <laughs> mm -hmm. The second O on the wall was the first to fall in, then the Z... Then the W, I guess it was the M, but it fell. And it turned upside down. And then the O. Some of us were placing bets on the order of the letters. <laughs> Back in the day, my cousin and I did the main woos in 20-something minutes, which was fast enough to qualify for the super woos, which turned out to be a big disappointment. It was really short and just featured multiple sets of five or so doors, all of but one which led out of the maze with no warning. It was just random luck boring. <laughs> And another one said, one of the commenters said he, yeah, one of the commenters 
Chapman said that he held the record of 3 minutes and 55 seconds and asked if anyone knows Allen, the second place holder. Now, a few months later, a comment showed up by the wife of Allen and mentioned that the reason it failed was poor management, population density, and the concept itself, not a large intellectual entertainment-seeking demographic. And uh, what I will be posting as a postscript to this is a YouTube link <laughs> so you can see footage of the woos oh, taken nice. with a family with their camcorder in 1988 so you can see wow. the woos in its heyday. You really went uh, deep down the rabbit hole with this thing, I gotta say. Yeah, I mean... That's, like, some, that's some gold, though. It, I mean, It's a rich vein. I had to mine it. <clears throat> that's... I, I just can't imagine, like... I mean, just imagine any, any amusement park that you read about that uh, is no longer around, you know? And there are some Disney parks like that, too, that just have gotten overgrown by vegetation and whatnot. And oh, yeah, here's there's one that is, that's completely got abandoned. And the, <laughs> the concept far, itself was, was, the, was disastrous. Uh, the fire department. They're just like, oh, all right, let's use it. Okay, we're done right. using it. Let's burn it. <laughs> <laughs> the city itself, yeah, uses it for that. Uh, uh, next, in the Players Forum, we've got a big celebrity here. Oh, hold on. I want to go over one thing. So there's this um, – uh, oh, wait. There's Yeah, the next section it says Players Forum, and um, it has this section called Dr. Power's 10 Telling Questions. Test yourself and your friends to see who ranks as a safe and sane power player, a video rookie, or a game-crazed couch crusader. And it's kind of like one of these uh, magazine uh, questionnaires like you see in Cosmopolitan or something like that where you answer and it gives you a certain amount of points for how many times you circled A, B, C, etc. And you total up the score, and that tells you what, what category you're in, right? Well, I had looked at one of the answers, and I, ha and I had to uh, mention it. And so the second question is, of the following, who do you admire most? <laughs> A, Jay Leno. <laughs> B, Gleok. Is that, like a, is that like a thing from Link? I had no idea. Or C, Howard Phillips. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, you put together a great magazine, Howard. Stop stroking yourself. <laughs> yeah, what, out of the three options, I don't know what was the worst, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. What do you do when you're not playing? Earn extra money to buy video games? Read Nintendo Power cover to cover? Or C, interact with <laughs> other humans? Right. Ugh. The the uh, the celebrity profile is Jay Leno, yeah, and this was like full full black hair Jay Leno, mm -hmm. and uh, it says here he first called the game counselor seeking help from Zelda, and and he has since finished both quests. Apparently, there's not much to do in small towns after midnight after the comedy shows, so he got into video games and would play them till three to four a.m. He also loves Contra and is known to take his NES into his suitcase on long trips. Right now, he's working on Kid Icarus and Akari Warriors. And when mm. not playing, he likes to tinker with his 18 motorcycles and six cars. Oh, Jay's just getting started. Mm -hmm. Now, I there's this is the first part of an article which will be uh, finished later. Invent the ultimate video game. 
Howard Phillips holding a, is holding a contest to invent the ultimate video game, win a trip to Washington, D.C., where the finals will be judged, and the winner will compete to win 3000 in bonds to be used for a college education. And we will cover who won that in uh, issue six. And uh, I'm not going to spoil it, even though I did my, uh, my work on this. Suffice to say, the kid made something of himself. So... Hmm. We're going to... Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then the, my favorite part about this is the scan of uh, Howard Phillips sitting on a television uh, with his arms outstretched as if say, hey, and his <laughs> hair's all kind of messed up. <laughs> uh, come aboard. Yeah. It's the love boat. Oh, and look in the, if you look at the bottom right, Mike, it's your favorite version of Mario with the blue <laughs> hat on. And, and he looks like he's uh, self-filating himself. <laughs> It's me, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> I can uh, suck on my own uh, pipe. Uh, I mean, my own uh, sausage. I can uh, hey, watch me go down my own warp pipe. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, next is the mailbox. A bunch of uh, letters. And unlike last time, not a lot of gold in uh, this one. But uh, mm. someone did ask about the origins of Mario, and they gave their reply that uh, Dr. Miyamoto, I guess like Dr. Dre, you can just call mm. yourself that, he asked the, uh, he, he frequently Well, asks, they did put it in quotation marks, at least. He, uh, he did ask the Redmond, Washington office for appropriate character names, I guess for, uh, you know, when they want to Americanize a game. And uh, when Donkey Kong was being designed... The landlord at the time bore a striking resemblance to Jumpman, and that landlord's name was Mario Sagali. And that's, it says if you check your insider's calendar, you'll see that Mario's birthday is October 11th. So hmm. that must have been the day that uh, they named him. And hmm. for the video spotlight, I've got nothing. How about you? Uh, let's take a look here. No, I mean, we got the pictures of the uh, power players, which I always enjoy. One of them looks like Jerry O'Connell. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, get, those, get those eyes that are kind of a little bit too far apart. <laughs> yeah, it's got that little uh, that little uh, helmet here. You have a girl who's interesting to see in an early Nintendo Power. She's got kind of a um, Winnie Cooper helmet look. top kind of look. It got that Winnie Cooper look. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kid at the bottom looks like, uh, not, I don't know if it's Zachary Taylor Thomas. No, he had brown hair. The uh, the oldest kid on uh, Home Improvement. It looks like the ginger from now, 210. <laughs> I was thinking more like uh, Tim Allen's oldest. Uh, oldest oh, boy. yeah. I yeah. know who you're talking about. Yeah, the one that's not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, the one that was I know famous you're talking about. Him. Yeah, and uh, that's about it. There's nothing... Really there, but uh, for the top 30, Rygar rising to position uh, 20 from 26. Mm. Uh, Zelda staying on top. Metroid holding second. Metal Gear has taken third. Punch-Out on fourth place and Gauntlet rounding out five. Zelda 2 jumps up nine spots from the last time to take eighth place. And... Uh, I anticipate this is not the end. This is not the last we'll be seeing of Zelda 2. Probably Me not. Mega Man is 16th, but I have a feeling we're going to hear good things about the sequel coming up soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, next issue, 
we'll be we'll be covering Zelda 2, WrestleMania, and RoboCop. Why they're right. making why they're making a child safe Nintendo game about RoboCop where a man like violently like splatters people and is crucified with a gun, <laughs> like shot in the legs, hand, and eventually head for the crown of thorns. It's basically I'd it's, buy that for a dollar. <laughs> it's like violent American Jesus. And he even has a scene like after he kills the guys where he walks on where he walks in the puddle to like walk on water. And even the director said, like, yeah, basically it's like American Jesus. Like again, guns nice. and violence. And uh then we got Howard Phillips' final thought, like Jerry Springer, his final mm. thought. He's excited oh, he's excited about the ultimate video game. Will it get made? Find out in a future episode. Or you can go online, but we won't. And go through your library and spend some quality time with a younger sibling or parent or grandparent and get them to play a game you'd think they enjoy. Giving of yourself is the best game of all. Create some memories. See you next year, Howard Phillips. And that covers this issue of Nintendo Power. Any any closing thoughts on this issue? No, we've been at this for a while now. Um, it was it was a meteor than I thought it was going to be. You found some gold with that with that Woos article in there. That was that was good. Hey, I'm pretty crafty. <laughs> All right, let's. It's getting late. Let's wrap it up here. Okay, Mike, how can they reach us? Well, you can find us on Twitter at GetThePower88. On Twitter, you can find our Facebook, the Playing with Power podcast, and. Uh, I think that's it for now. I'm drawing a blank on anything else. Uh, you can also check out my appearance as the host of the Geek Fallout Technobabble series. You can find Geek Fallout Productions on iTunes. Uh, it's uh, several shows in one feed. I host the Technobabble, or you will see it abbreviated as like GFTB. I'm the host mm-hmm. of that show, along with my co-host Richard Reeder. And... Uh, Yep, that seems to be it for now. You can uh, reach us at the Facebook page or the Twitter. We hope to hear from you if you have any suggestions for uh, what you'd like to hear on the show or tell us if we're doing a good job. We'd love to hear Mm -hmm. from you. And if you want to tell us we suck, well, at least please tell us how we can not suck as well. Also, feel free to uh, rate and subscribe on uh, iTunes. Definitely. And uh, what about you, Ben? Can they find you or? They can reach me through the Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, uh, yeah, that's about it. So, so thank you for listening. And I'm Ben. I'm Mike. And now you're playing with power. Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power.